Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Chris Gordy of the Locked On SEC Podcast. Chris, man, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Man, am I am I going to have to come on and talk all of Fayetteville, Little Rock, the whole collective off the off the ledge today? Man, <laughs> it, you played a tough game against a good team and you lost because your field goal kicker, you know, missed a field goal and your quarterback fumbled and you know a spot where he shouldn't have. But look, Arkansas, if they if they re-rack that game today and played it again, Arkansas wins. Like I I feel cheated for Arkansas to win that game, but. Whoo, everybody, take a collective deep breath. This is still a really good team. J.J. Jefferson is still a really good quarterback. They've got some defensive issues they need to fix. The run game was slowed down a little bit this week. But, whoo, man, I'm, I must be Mr. Positivity today. I'm, I'm still believing in this Hawks team. Let's not give up. Six and six. What are we doing, people? Well, it's overreaction, Chris. That's what happens, especially in a highly <laughs> contested game. And then you felt like, Arkansas really had a chance to win. They don't win. Now the bottom falls out and everybody is up in arms thinking that the season is gone. Yeah, and look, it's easy to overreact, but, you know, look, the only thing I'll say is I'm glad a lot of these callers and listeners aren't in that Arkansas locker room because, goodness, just pack it up. You don't even have a chance with Alabama this weekend and we're going to have that attitude. Now, look, before the season, guys, this is a game I picked Arkansas to win. Um, you know, I thought the A&M game was a 50-50 one, but I just thought all the excitement of everything, you know, you played a tough game against Alabama last year in Tuscaloosa. I, I still have so many question marks about this Alabama team. Their secondary still have questions. The receivers still have questions. It does look like Bryce Young starting to develop a little bit of chemistry with those guys, but granted it was Vanderbilt this past week, so you can't take much away from that. But Alabama still has their warts, and – Arkansas, don't get me wrong, is going to have to play a really good game this week to win the game. But this is one of the upsets I picked before the season. I said Alabama was going to lose the game on the road, and I think it's going to be this one. I think that they're going to lose in Fayetteville. So uh, we can we can all overreact today. We can talk bad about our team and all that. But, man, by Wednesday, Thursday, you guys need to start rallying around this team because they got as good a shot of anybody to beat Alabama this week. Yeah, it should be really interesting, and I know we'll, we'll do a lot of previewing there as well. But over the weekend, there was a – some SEC games that were a little odd where there I wasn't I wouldn't say there was any upsets necessarily, but just some games that were a little closer for comfort. Like you had a great game between Tennessee and Florida where Tennessee ends up winning that one. But like Georgia didn't look as dominant against Kent State. You had Ole Miss, you know, only beat Tulsa by eight points. Yeah, you, you had uh, a team like uh like Auburn and Missouri. That game was weird. Just it seemed like it was kind of a weird weekend for the SEC. It was, and a few of these were very predictable. When I, when I kept looking at Tulsa last week, I saw they had the number one passing offense in the country and, you know, really good high-flying offense. I kept saying, man, like all this praise that Ole Miss has been getting for their defense, you play Georgia Tech, who, by the way, just fired their head coach. You play, you know, like Ole Miss's resume was not all that impressive. So I was like, all right, Tulsa's actually a pretty decent team. And what do we see? It was a one-touchdown game. Um so Ole Miss, you know, look, they got a, a big test against Kentucky this weekend. Kentucky's getting Chris Rodriguez back, so that's going to be big. Uh, Kentucky, you know, they messed around, and, and their defense, you know, couldn't slow down Northern Illinois. They had some big plays on them. Uh, Will Levis still looked really good for, you know, 300 yards yet again, which is just crazy to think because 
Think about where Kentucky's quarterback spot was a couple of years ago. They had Lynn Bowden, a wide receiver, playing quarterback for them. Like it was, it was tough for a Kentucky quarterback to even throw for 150 yards. And now they got Will Levis going out on the regular throw for 300. So that's going to be a big one this weekend. I, you know, the Georgia sleepwalk against Penn State was somewhat predictable. Like you know, you just like when you keep playing nobodies every week, and you're as talented as Georgia. How do you keep getting up for that every week? You know what I mean? It's like. Uh, it's like feeding a Bengal tiger a, a scoop of food. He's like, no, give me what I want. I want meat. So, you know, I think George is going to be all right. They just played a sleeper. Um, you know, the, the rest of the SEC, the Auburn-Missouri game, they ought to call the ESPN SEC Network films and have them burn that film and never air it ever again because that game was just absolutely god-awful. Uh, terrible to watch. I think it was 12 punts in a row at one point. So, Auburn kind of won the game at the end, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how they respond against LSU this weekend because LSU keeps getting better and better each week under Brian Kelly. That defense is actually the real deal with LSU. So uh, that'll be a fun one this weekend. But, yeah, all, all, all things said, look, I think everything kind of played out how we thought. You know, I, I thought Anthony Richardson was going to have, you know, replay, you know, bounce back and play one of his better games. But, man, it was his career game. It was the best game of his career. Unfortunately, the Florida defense couldn't do anything to slow down Tennessee and, and Hendon Hooker. So, uh, you know, that one was kind of predictable that when everybody starts saying Tennessee was favored by 10 and a half, 11 points, it was like, come on, you know, you know, Florida's going to respond, and they did. So I think that's encouraging for Billy Napier and crew. But yeah, I mean, really, the, the only disappointment was, was Arkansas. And, and man, it's just, I, I, I really believe this, guys. If KJ does not fumble that ball, they're going to punch it in. They go up 21 to 7. We saw Max Johnson, how he couldn't – he can't throw. He doesn't have much time to throw. The offensive line's not very good. And keep in mind, Devon A. Shane had not gone off just yet. So I, I, if that happens, I think AM goes into the half up 21-7, to and I think they run away with the game, or Arkansas does. So, you know, it, it is what it is. The, the game played out how it did, but I would just encourage everybody, take a collective deep breath. This Arkansas team is still really good. It's not – it's not back to, you know, four or five losses. I think this team is really good enough to rally and uh, still have a really good year. For Tennessee and a and what can games like this do for a boost of confidence? Because with Tennessee, they're used to seeing games that have odd occurrences against Florida and then coming up short. The fact that they were able to pull out a win and then A&M, everybody kind of threw them away. And the fact that they were able to come away with a win, it could be a confidence booster for them also. Yeah, I would just caution everybody because, you know, what are your weaknesses? The weaknesses are still the weaknesses. For Tennessee, their defense has been the big question mark. Their defense was able to make a couple of big plays at the end of that pitch game, but keep in mind the backup quarterback was in. Uh, outside of that, I saw a Tennessee defense that was still pretty us this past week, like I just said. So uh, Tennessee still got their problems defensively. The offense is fantastic. That's Josh Eiffel's calling card. And for AM, you know, we know the defense is good, and they've played lights out these last two weeks uh, against Ar- Arkansas and Miami, two ranked teams that they were able to beat. But the passing game and the offense is still a big question mark. I thought A-Chain had, you know, obviously his best game of the year, his first 100-yard rushing game. But Max Johnson still, like, <laughs> I mean, at best, I think he's a middle-of-the-pack SEC quarterback. And, you know, how does A&M respond when they got to win a game and they have to throw it? And, by the way, you just lost your number one go-to target, Anaya Smith, for the rest of the season. Evan Stewart, the true freshman, he's made some nice grabs for them. But A&M still is like it. They're not out of the woods, man. they got to go through Starkville this weekend. That is a 
uh, you know, an offense that just put Will Rogers just threw for six touchdowns, tied his own SEC, uh, Mississippi State record from a year ago this past week, being Bowling Green. So uh, it's the SEC, man. You got to have your head on a swivel. You got to be ready to go. Uh, you can't celebrate too long on a big win because the next week you got another big dog coming right at you. So, yeah, it, look, you take a lot of waves for Tennessee and AM, the big wins, but now you got to turn the page to the next game. And, uh, like I said, the, the warts that those teams have are, are still there. So, Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, Chris, taking you back to that Auburn Missouri game, I love that game because it was so ridiculous. But it's like <laughs> Auburn, Auburn with Brian Harson. Like I felt, I think we even talked about it. If they lost that game, they fire him. At least they should. But it's almost like you can't even really say that he won it because Missouri just completely and totally destroyed themselves in that. I know we always talk about Brian Harson, but do you think that there would be any sort of way that Eli Drinkwitz may be in trouble, especially with having games and losses like they had on Saturday? Oh, he absolutely is in trouble. I mean, the two, the two guys when we were at SEC Media Days. Uh, over the summer, the two guys that I kept saying were on the hot seat were, were Brian Harson and, and Eli Drinkwitz. And, you know, I think I even talked to Peter Burns at one point, say, Peter, a year from now, who, who, who here right now is not here a year from now? And I think he kind of agreed with me that those are the two most likely guys to be gone. And based on how that game played out on Saturday, it was, it was exactly that the, the old mantra, you know, are they trying not to win this game? Like, that's what it looked like from both sides with missed field goals and, uh, just botched opportunities, but you know Brian Harson, he lives to see another day. But it's it's written, it's written on the wall. I mean, you know, I think this reminds me guys of years ago when Les Miles was about to be run out of Baton Rouge, and they finished that season with Texas A&M, and everybody at the stadium was saying goodbye to Les, and you know, it just felt like all right. His whole family was there. They carried him off the field on their shoulders because they beat A&M. And everything was understood. This is going to be Les Miles' last game. And then their athletic director comes out right after and says, we are committed to Les. He's going to be here for years to come. And then what happens a couple of games into the 2016 season, he gets fired because he loses to Auburn on a last-second play where it looked like they scored, but they had run out of time before the ball was snapped, and they fire him right there. It's the same thing with Harson here. All offseason, all we heard was Brian Harson's going to be fired, Brian Harson's on the hot seat, all this. They end up standing by him. We're just delaying the inevitable, guys. This team is not proved. They've got terrible quarterback play. They've got all the issues in the world. Arson's going to be fired at some point this, this season. The question is when. And I think this Saturday, LSU's going to go into uh, going to Auburn to find a way to win. Uh, it may happen next week. Kentucky and Ole Miss both had close games this week, but now they were both able to get a win, setting up a matchup next week of two four and O teams, what do you think of the matchup with Kentucky Ole Miss? Getting Chris Rodriguez back is huge for Kentucky because if, if any of you have watched the Kentucky games like I have, uh, Will Levis has been sacked a lot. I believe he's been this year. Like it, it's, it's crazy how much he's been sacked, but it's because that offensive line, one, they're not great, but two, they have no balance. They've had no run game to speak of. Kavassi's spoke has been okay. Uh, but he's nothing compared to what Chris Rodriguez is. And so getting Rodriguez back, we'll see how fresh he is. But if he can run, man, he's going to take a lot of pressure off Will Levis and that offensive line. So um, that's going to help a lot. And, again, for Ole Miss, I was just not buying into this whole defense, you know, first few weeks. Oh, the Ole Miss defense. Like, come on, man, play somebody legitimate and let's see what you can do. Uh, and I think this is a week, This is a true week where we're going to play a, a really good Kentucky offense. Uh, and so – how does the Ole Miss offense respond? Well, we know 
know they're one of the best rushing teams in the country. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins is a name that I think, if you don't know yet in the SEC, you need to know because uh, he's he's almost jumped Zach Evans on the uh, on the depth chart in terms of uh, that uh, that backfield. But look, Ole Miss has always been kind of a two-headed, three-headed monster. That's what they are in the run game, and Lane Kiffin loves to run it. Uh, the question is, is Jackson Dart's got to make a throw? And it looks like he's the, the entrenched starter now. It looks like he's got to beat out with Altmaier. But if, if Jackson Dart's got to make some throws to win a game, I don't think he can. So this is going to be a really interesting one. It's, it's a tough road game for Kentucky, but I know a lot of folks from Washington are making a trip out there. And there'll be a packed stadium. Ole Miss could be wearing some fancy new helmets from some clothing apparel company with camouflage, like white and gray. So I guess people are excited about that. But uh, no, this is a big, big one for Kentucky, and it's a big one for Ole Miss to show, hey, we're not dropping off just because we lost Matt Corral and all those pieces from last year. Well, Chris, before I let you get out of here, man, I just want to ask you a little quick NFL question. I know you're a Saints guy and everything. Uh, what did you make of the weekend and that loss to the Panthers? I know it was a rough one, but uh, people still feel good about the, the Saints going forward, too. Yeah, it was brutal, man. I mean, they, 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 it's like they wait until the fourth quarter to turn the offense on, and I know Jameis Winston's playing hurt right now, but at what point do you say, look, let's just rest him? Andy Dalton's not a bad backup to put in. I mean, keep this in mind. You know, last few years of Drew Brees' tenure there, the Saints had to turn to guys like Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill to start a handful of games and win games for them, and they did it. So I don't think there's any shame to say, let's let's bench Jameis for a couple of games, let him get healthy, and uh, play Andy Dalton. But apparently the Saints think an injured Jameis Winston is their best chance to win, but man, is it ugly. You know, Chris Olave has been an okay rookie, but man, I would have much rather to—I would have much rather them wait in that first round and take Traylon Burks. Uh, I think he might might have been a better option for him, but we'll see. Yeah, it's still a long season. College football, NFL doesn't matter. It's a long way ahead. So, Chris, we appreciate you joining us, man. As always, have a great rest of your week, man. And we'll be catching up with you later down the road. All right, man. Mark my words. Save this tape. Hogs beat Bama this weekend.